This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out, and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey, everybody. It's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And we got so many great questions from you guys in the wilderness. Oh! Specifically about weddings that we have a bonus episode. Weddings, weddings. Okay. <laughs> so a while back, we invited you guys to send in wedding questions. And interestingly, uh, we got a lot of questions, but they kind of came on certain themes. So I've uh, sort of assembled these uh, questions uh, thematically. So our first theme, which we got a lot of questions about, was who do you have to invite? So, <laughs> so stressful for people. So here are two example questions on this theme. May I just say One. really quickly that I think you're phenomenal at assembling and putting things into theme. It's so oh, great. You're so sure. great at it. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> so our first thematic question is, quote, is it bad manners or etiquette to not invite a couple to your wedding if you were invited to theirs? Mm. And then the second question is, quote, do I need to invite my boss to my wedding? I'm inviting three out of the four people in my department and some other coworkers. My boss knows I'm getting married, but I never talk about it at work. And I don't give much information because I don't want to be rude. She's passive aggressive and self-centered. And I really don't <laughs> want to deal with her on this day. Additionally, an ex-coworker is coming who never got along with my boss. What is the polite way to approach this? I feel like we're going to have to take these questions separately. There is a lot in these questions, but I think generally speaking, you don't have to invite anybody you don't want to invite to your wedding. I think generally speaking, this is uh, the case. I think that's the correct answer spiritually. <laughs> yes. Yes. Whether or not you can but I think practice this. Yeah. There's been some longstanding traditions mm -hmm. that make people feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Yes. The first um, one being if somebody's invited you to their wedding. Yeah. I never read it anywhere, but it's definitely floating around that if it's they a, were invited. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah. People have this feeling. Yeah. Well, I think before we even get into that, I think the broad principles, the pure essence of this, where you don't have to invite anybody, is also that you are not entitled to be invited. So no one is obligated to invite you. So I think both ways are true. You don't have to invite anybody and you do not have to be invited. So that is the pure essence of I, this. I think that's very, we look <laughs> inward at ourselves uh -huh, and we yeah. think, oh, I wasn't invited. But yeah, this is political. This is fraught for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I guess we all have those friends who you know are going to make a stink about it. Like, those are the same friends that want to be bridesmaids. Well, I think and also there's a not wanting people to feel left out. Yes, there is certainly that. Yes, it's that balance. So this is uh, difficult to determine, like, what the rule is for this. I think you know the cost-benefit analysis of all the people on the list. You know, their feelings versus the drama they'll cause against whatever other criteria. And a lot of times it's like if you're doing a really small wedding and you don't invite everybody who's invited you, people are like, oh, they did a really small wedding. But if you invite every single person around that person, that's another statement that's being made. Yes. I mean, certainly if you invite- Which you're welcome to make. Yeah. Just know that you're making that statement. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if you invite a group of people in a certain friend group or work group and you do not invite one of the people in that category- know that this is going to be received as a message. Yeah, you're saying something. You're saying something. And you can say it, but just know that you're saying something. And just know that the consequences of this can be permanently changing their relationship with this person. But I think in a lot of these cases, the relationship has been permanently changed and you're just sort of acknowledging it. Yes, often that's the case. And sometimes they are later to acknowledge this than you are. Right. So I think it's more like comes down to the person inviting, which is more important to you. Yeah, it is about priorities. Yeah. I mean, that's hard, but yeah. You know, do you want to just make it smooth sailing and invite everybody or do you really not want to? And then I read this quote yesterday about really owning your choices. So if you decide I don't want people, that's your decision. And stand by it and and be comfortable with that. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. I mean, that's much easier said than done. Oh, way easier said than done. That's why I read it so many times that I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to screenshot this. Okay. Now, I think when we're talking about who to invite, Miss Manners has an interesting take on this because so often I think we actually do this backwards. Very often we start with thinking about the dream wedding we want to have. Like I would like to be married in a farm in rural Ireland, whatever your fantasy is. And then we kind of determine, okay, well, how much is that going to cost? And then, okay, how many people can we afford to invite? And then we do the guest list. Ms. Manor says, this is backwards. What you need to do is start with who needs to be at this wedding? So who is on that list? Do you have a relative who can't get on an airplane? Do you have a lot of friends that couldn't afford to go to a destination wedding? Do you have a lot of people who have kids uh, who need to be included? Like, you have to start with that. And then you determine what is the wedding that can accommodate your list Mm. and and do it in that order. So if you have a, a grandparent that can't travel, then you cannot have a destination wedding if you want that person to be at your wedding. Right. So Ms. Manners, it just feels like it's all backwards. So if you have this long list of sort of obligatory invitations, then know that. Design a wedding to accommodate that. Right. Unless that you've always wanted to go to Ireland on a farm and then... <laughs> <laughs> then own your choices. Own your yeah. choices. Yeah. And then I guess uh, specifically with this boss question, you definitely do not need to invite your boss. Oh, and bosses I feel should so... not expect to be invited. I feel that's so nice that you gave that permission because I was like, I don't know. I really think when you are in an office situation, your obligations up the chain, very different than down the chain. So you are not obligated socially to invite your boss to your wedding. Fantastic. I don't believe believe this exists. Now, I think it's also correct to not talk about your wedding at work. Oh, yeah. People who aren't invited. Definitely. Definitely correct. Yeah. And especially if there's coworkers and there's drama, like, 
I, I think there is a choice being made is the least amount of drama is not inviting the boss. Yeah. And so I think the cost benefit analysis has been made and I think we came to the correct conclusion. Absolutely. So. Especially since they clearly don't like them. <laughs> right. Also, I don't want them there. Right. So then a related question is, do you have to go if you're invited? And so we got this question, which was, I work with a person who I get along with professionally very well. No drama whatsoever. But I really don't like him on a personal level. And being professional, I do not share this with anyone at work. He's recently gotten engaged and has invited everyone in our department to his wedding. And I really do not want to go to the event because I feel like I'm being fake. If I don't go to the wedding, will it look like I'm being rude or a jerk, creating resentment? Or should I just suck it up for a Saturday and show up to the event? If I do that, can I just show up to the ceremony, give some well wishes, and leave before the reception without being seen as rude? Mmm. Mm. Mm. I love this question so I much. Do, I love this question, too, because... <laughs> well, okay, what, what's your take on it? What's your feeling? Because I feel like this dilemma resonates for you. It really resonates, because I'm split yeah. right down the middle. Okay. And I think it calls back to what I said earlier, which is, which is going to be easier for you to sit with? Do you just want to show up for that afternoon and be like, you know what? This is going to make everything easier at work. I'm just going to show up. I'm going to be polite. I'm going to give my gift. I'm going to, you know, hang out with people. And then that will be easier to sit with in the future. Or if you don't want to go and that's what you want, just commit to that. Yeah. So I think something important that Miss Manners should trademark if she hasn't already is the idea that a wedding invitation is not a subpoena. I think this is a great thing. I didn't come up with it. I say it a lot, though, because it's really <laughs> true. You are not obligated to go if you're invited to a wedding. Full stop. All you need to do is express warm wishes, even if they're not sincere, and that's it. You don't have to explain why you can't go. You don't have to make up excuses. Just say, oh, I'm so sorry. I cannot attend. Thank you so much. Hope it's a beautiful day. And we're out. I love so that. So if you don't want to go, no problem. You don't have to go. Now, if you do go, you have to go. You got to commit, got to show up, got to be a good guest, got to do all the guest things, which means you got to stay through the cake cutting. You cannot peace out after the ceremony. Oh, yeah. You like, got to stay for you the gotta, whole thing. You're in. If you're in it, you're in it. And you have to be a good guest. So you got to get on the dance floor. You got to smile. You got to mingle. You got to pretend like you're having a nice time. Like all of those things. It sounds like you probably can't do that. In which case, <laughs> you should not go to this wedding. Sometimes I feel like I'll be like, oh, I don't know if I want it. And then I'll... And I'll think after the fact, well, I have just wished I just went and showed up and put in the four hours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I so mean, I, I guess you have to decide. Decide. What would, yeah. You got to decide what would produce less regret. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. What would produce less regret? That seems <laughs> somehow sad. <laughs> yeah. But I, the regret reduction principle, this is a very important thing for all decision making. That you want to make the decision that will produce the least regret yes. so that you can always look back at your life and say, I made the best decisions every time based on the information I had at that time. And so therefore, I have no regrets. I love that. This is what we all want for ourselves looking back at our lives. Yes. So not to get too deep, but this also applies to coworker weddings. Yes. Do what's right for you and then hang in there. Yeah. Okay. So then another major thematic element that came in uh, was about not being able to afford it as a guest. So here's an example. Quote, one of my best friends is planning a destination bachelor party over the course of three days in a major city across the country and is behaving as if it's just understood that everyone is going to attend. I don't know how to talk to him about this or how to tell him that I just can't afford it. He's one of my best friends, 
but I can't swing it financially. Mm. And then similarly, quote, one of my best girlfriends is having a destination wedding this summer. She is not having a bachelorette party or other traditional activities. So it's wedding or bust. I've tried recruiting our friends to book, but most are struggling with the idea and she is not reacting well. Should she be managing her expectations better or should her friends be trying harder to make the trip? Is not attending a friend's wedding grounds for breaking up? Oh. Mm. And then a uh, similar flavor, quote, I've been invited to a number of bachelor parties that involves international travel to the tune of hundreds, if not thousands of dollars per person and multiple days off work. Is it rude to throw a bachelorette party of this scale? What is your position on extravagant bachelor or bachelorette parties? Mm. So uh, these are just three questions. We got a lot of questions that were basically this flavor. Yeah, there's so, so much anxiety around money. Yeah. So I think similarly, an invitation to a bachelor party or a destination wedding not a subpoena. Yeah. So this also applies. And I also feel like people feel bad they can't afford something. And I've, as an artist, been in this position for weddings many times. And I felt weird telling my friends. The closer the friend, the less weird I felt. But I said, I know you would say you don't have to explain it. But if it's a close friend and they're like, my bachelor party is, you know, in Paris, you can just be like, I love you. I can't afford it. Yeah. And I think some nuance, which is, you know, the closer you are to somebody, you probably do owe them an explanation for not attending the wedding. Like if you've been friends with somebody for 10 years and you're just not going to go to their wedding, you obviously have to say something. Oh, definitely. You, you, can't, you can't leave that hanging and be like, oh, sorry, I can't attend. Like that that actually would be rude at that point if you had that relationship. Well, I'm just saying I explain it to everybody, but not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying you probably only have to explain it to close friends. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a continuum. But I think it is unfortunate that people do feel bad that it's somehow their fault or they're not trying hard enough to attend something that they just can't swing. Right. Like if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. And you, you know, that's just the reality. So the flip side is that if you are the host of one of these expensive extravaganzas, you have to understand that not everyone can go. If you've made the choice to have something expensive, you have to know that you're not going to be able to have everybody attend. Some people are just not going to be able to swing it. And you have to know that, that you have made that choice, that you're picking something that's not inclusive. Yes. And don't make it weird for people. Yeah. And then you also have to know that like, you can't make people feel bad then for not being able to attend. Absolutely. Unless you want to pay for it, in which case, awesome. I'll pack my bags. Right. Yeah. Count me in. But yes, I think the expensive parties, A, are not any more fun than less expensive parties I found. You know, a destination bachelor party versus an in-town bachelor party. Probably the same level of fun. Right? Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't know. Interestingly, I was reading that bachelor parties are typically more expensive per person than bachelorette parties. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Apparently, I guess there are fewer people that go on a bachelor party. So the cost is not spread out over as many people. Oh. And then I guess whatever activities happen on a bachelor party tend to be more expensive activities. So the oh. average cost per person for bachelor, more expensive than bachelorette. Yeah. Fun fact. So... Yeah. So I guess what is the general advice we want to give people? Just don't feel bad about it. And uh, that's it. It's really that. I mean, when it comes to money, you can't afford it. You can't afford it. Yeah. So there you are. I mean, we're going to put yourself into debt. Well, some people do. I know. But I just I mean, also, maybe your friend's getting married at this place you've always wanted to visit to. And that's you're thinking of it also as like a vacation. And you're like, oh, throw it on the credit card. But unless it's something you really want to do, they should understand that you can't shell out. Yeah. So yeah, don't make people feel bad, I think is the real lesson there. Because like, yes, it's like, I can't afford it. Is that okay? But this question is really for the person hosting it. Our message is for you. Woo! 
Lisa. <laughs> Coming in hot. I know. I get real riled up. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation, Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes. And now you see how the title is ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also, so much is going on in this town. So much is going on. We already, we start at a 10. And then we keep going up. But I will say the lead, she is so good. She's unbelievable. Why are they better actors over there? She is incredible. Yeah. And just, yeah, the way the storytelling is done and the way it's shot, like, oh, it it, it got me. It got me. I'm in. I'm I'm so glad. I knew you would love it. I was like, this is great storytelling, great acting. Also, I sweat. I break a full sweat in that show. So you out there, check that out and check out all the stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. (laughs) You know, love happens. And you out there, you're going (laughs) to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. Okay. Our next thematic question also has to do with money. Quote, My family received an invitation to a renewal of vows. The couple have been together for more than 30 years. The woman who invited us is having her big 60th next year. Inside the invitation, there is a card that reads, Wishing Well, with the following poem written on it. Here's the poem. (laughs) Quote, We don't want to offend, but we have it all. All household goods and so much more. To save you shopping, sit back and rest. A gift of currency is our request. So so we got a lot of questions about cash, gifts at weddings. This is a renewal of vows, which is a slightly different flavor, but uh, it definitely feels like a double (laughs) that it's a renewal of vows. Yeah. Well, let's start with that. A renewal of vowels. (laughs) I I said renewal of vowels too. (laughs) A renewal of vows is actually not a ceremony. It's a party. So party gift rules apply, not wedding gift rules. So I think that's a top line answer there. Let him know, Nick. Let him know. Yeah, well, you can't see as I'm waving my hands, very uh, (laughs) animated. Um, So if it was a wedding and we were talking about uh, a poem about giving currency, that's tacky. That's tacky, full stop. Nope, don't do it. Nope, don't like it. I've had people say to me that they don't need anything, but, you know, they set up like a, not a GoFundMe, but they're, for their honeymoon. And I thought that was totally fine. Yeah, I don't love that because all that really is is just a link to their PayPal. And then they've come up with this list of fake things that you can pretend to buy, like massage for two on our honeymoon or champagne welcome at the hotel. Like, no, you've just given a hundred bucks to their PayPal. 
That's all. No, I all these people, I fully trust that it went to their honeymoon. And I also I'm sure they spent that cold, hard (laughs) cash on the credit card bill that they use for their honeymoon. Yes. No, I believe that. But you have sucked out all of the joy of gift giving when you do this. I don't have a problem with it. I see what you're saying. To be fair, a lot of people will see it your way. There's there's many different schools of thought on this. I just feel very strongly that asking for cash is a no, no. And I don't do it. I don't see that asking for cash is the same thing as uh, we don't need anything. But if you want to contribute to our honeymoon, I see them as different. Okay, Mm. because, you know, specifically where the money's going and it is related to their marital celebrations. Okay, as opposed to a wad of cash and an envelope that you just hand to them. Where is it going? Where is it going? Where is it going? Is it going back on the streets? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What are they going to do with that money? Yeah. So I I think philosophically, we just have a different approach to this. Okay, fine. I think you are allowed to give cash if you're comfortable with that. Now, a lot of traditions do have cash as the major gift item uh, for a wedding as opposed to a gift or whatever. But I don't feel like asking for cash is ever appropriate. But that's why we're different. So we can differ on this point. (laughs) I did see Godfather and that was very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, another famous Miss Manners line is that a wedding invitation is not an invoice. So I want to dispel some other wedding gift items here. One of them is that the price of your gift has some relationship to what they're spending on you at the wedding. No, that's not how this works. I'm clapping. Yeah. I mean, the idea is like, oh, they're having a wedding at this venue and they're, it's a seated dinner. And so they're probably spending $150 per person. So my gift needs it. No, none of that. No. The gift just needs to be something you think would please the couple to commemorate the occasion that you like that's in your budget. That is the requirement for an appropriate, lovely wedding gift. I love that. You can do it off registry, no problem. It doesn't have to be extravagant, can be homemade, but that's the criteria. I love that. Yeah. So the idea that, yeah, no, you, you, you do not calculate it based on the per head cost of a wedding, which is very commonly thought. I'm finding like this that. so relieving. <laughs> well, I, in general, I would like to think that our little program is there to diffuse tensions and make everyone feel more comfortable navigating this crazy world. I love that. And so by having some guidelines about what is sane and expected during weddings, I think is hopefully helpful for people. Relieving anxiety. Yes, that's the goal at least. I don't know if we always achieve it, but (laughs) our next question I thought was a great question. And it is, quote, if I'm invited as a plus one to a wedding, should I purchase a gift? Or is it appropriate to piggyback onto your date's gift? If you can piggyback on their gift, should you, the plus one, offer to pay for half of the gift? Or is the assumption that the invited guest is essentially hosting you for the evening and your only obligation is to show up? What do you think? I don't think you bring a separate gift. Right. I agree with you on that. Because you clearly aren't the person who's closer with the couple. You don't or know may them. not know them at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whether or not you want to offer the person who was originally invited to split the gift I think sort of depends on how the invite went. Yeah, I see that. Or I you mean, could be like, I'll get us a cab since you got the gift. I, if you <laughs> want to in some way recognize. Yes, I think the relationship that the plus one has is really a host and guest with the person that's actually invited. So like, let's say you're invited to a wedding and you invite me as a guest. We are host guest relationship among ourselves. So I am your guest. And so you as a host treat me to the evening. And so I'm kind of not obligated to pay for anything myself because I'm your guest. So that would, I think, extend to the gift. I think especially if I don't know the people getting married. 
if I don't know the people getting married, I don't think I even signed the card. Right. Because I think that would be weird. Right. <laughs> no, I like that way of seeing it very much. But I guess if I knew the couple getting married, but I just wasn't invited, but like I'd met them a few times, I guess I would sign the card. And I guess if I liked them enough, I guess I would chip in on the gift. Or I'd offer. Or I'd offer, yeah. But I don't think as a plus one, you automatically bring a separate gift. No. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, okay. We find it. <laughs> so then our next related question is, is it ever appropriate to show up at a wedding without a gift? At a friend's wedding, a longtime family friend signed a card but did not give a gift, monetary or otherwise. This person is well off financially, and now the couple feels like they are forming a grudge against this person. Is it okay to not give a gift? I love the question, and then I love <laughs> what I see around the question. What do you see around the question? Well, I this person is writing in for this other couple. Yeah. So then Although... I want to be like... Did you guys sit around and talk about it? Oh, of course. Are Absolutely. You, is this really you? Uh, I I actually got the sense that we were asking for a friend, quote unquote. Right. That's what I was. That's yeah. why I was like, that's why I like yeah. to feel the whole question. Yeah. That's Are true. we asking for a friend or have you been very angry for a long time? Well, I think could be both. I mean, certainly if somebody shows up to your wedding and they don't bring a gift, you're going to tell everyone you know. Who knows this person? Like, oh, can you believe it? Lisa and Chad did not give me a gift for my Really? Wedding. I don't Absolutely. get the idea that this person told really? everybody. You're going you're gonna to feign shock that that's a thing that happens? Of course. I wouldn't tell anybody. I'd feel weird. <gasps> you would tell everyone. No, I wouldn't. Oh, my gosh. We are very different. <laughs> oh, if someone shows up to my wedding, does not give me a gift, the normal gift-giving window has now closed, and no gift appeared, Oh, it will be a major conversation among all of our mutual friends forever. I think that'll be the way we refer to them. Oh, yeah. Oh, Chad's going to be at your barbecue. Yeah. You know, he didn't give me a gift. <laughs> yeah. I just I guess I'm always afraid like I missed something. No, 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 no. You didn't miss it. They didn't give you a gift. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I think as a society, we have agreed that if you go to a wedding, you give a gift. That's the rule. You cannot go to a wedding without giving a gift. Yeah. So would you say moving forward, this person is allowed to... Hold a grudge, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it'll be noticed. I mean, I think I'm surprised that you didn't bring this up, which is some weird loophole, which would be, well, maybe they did give you a gift, but the card fell off. No, that's what I was saying. I would think uh -huh. that I missed something. Uh huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? I immediately yeah. would be like, I probably went somewhere. I didn't see yeah. it. I don't know what happened. I'm just going to let it go. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it tricky. says at a friend's wedding, a longtime yeah. friend signed a card. So I get the idea that it was given Here's as a card. a card. Congratulations on your wedding. So happy for you. End of story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think polite people are not going to call you out for it, but we'll just talk about you behind your back, which is polite. <laughs> <laughs> so. So Nick is saying yes. You're absolutely yeah. allowed to hold a grudge. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I'm working on that. I'm trying to be less spiteful as I get older. I'm working on it. I have not achieved non-spite yet. But uh, I mean, I guess I would look out for other behavior clues that I'd missed previously. Meaning like, oh, I should have never invited this rude person to my wedding in the first place. No, because I would still be fighting with the idea that maybe they gave a gift and I missed it. So then I I'd see. be like, would be looking at everything they do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To try mm -hmm. to verify uh-huh. The grudge yeah, I mean, holding. Unfortunately, the rules of etiquette prevent you from asking straight up. Like, Chad, wh where's the gift? Like, you're not allowed to do that. No, definitely not. And if Chad sent a gift and you forgot to send a thank you note, you know, it's very difficult for Chad to now be like, 
did you sign the bank? You know? <laughs> so the rules of etiquette have this weird tension of not necessarily being able to clarify if something has gone wrong. Right. There's ways around it. But uh, in general, yeah, it's awkward. But yeah, no, if you show up for a wedding, you got to uh, bring a gift. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all she wrote. Some myths, though, that you have up to a year to give that gift. <sighs> I mean, I think this is antiquated. I feel like you got to give it uh, pretty shortly after the wedding. Because can you imagine if you got married in January and you did not receive a wedding gift until the following December from somebody? Like that just uh, is too long. You know, I have a lot of reasons why I would accept it. This really well, seems to be my. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, at the three month mark post wedding that you attended, no gift arrives. You know, that, that goes down to my little grudge journal. My grudge journal. <laughs> <laughs> And then another, I think, myth that shows up is that if it's a destination wedding, you don't have to give a gift. Also not true. I think you still have to give a gift. Now, as we've established previously in this episode, the cost of your gift has no relationship to anything else. It's just what's in your budget. So if you want to have a more modest gift because it was a destination wedding, no problem. It does not have to be an expensive gift, but some token I think is still required. That's my thought. I think these are all very logical, pragmatic courteous answers uh-huh i see a butt happening there was no butt okay just there was a tone no there wasn't even a tone i really feel like it's i yeah. like that yeah I, I have a fairly uh clinical approach to wedding etiquette <laughs> yes so our next question <sighs> i knew this one would upset you this is upsetting all right quote i got married on new year's eve showers were thrown for me in early november and december I've sent a few thank yous for the November shower, none for the December shower or the wedding. At this point, will it be more awkward to send the shower thank yous and wedding thank yous one after another, or to only send one thank you that acknowledges gifts and efforts from both events? My concern is that sending both will highlight the fact that I waited too long to send the shower notes, and sending one might help make me look ignorant instead of rude. I know I'm a monster, and I fully repent for my laziness. Thank you in advance for any advice. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> oh, which is honestly worse than mad. So this is an etiquette crime. A crime has been done. You can't go back and unring that bell. That's it. A crime uh, has been committed against all of your guests. <laughs> so what do we do about it? What do we do? So I think it's never too late. Not sending them ever is worse than sending them late. Absolutely. So given the urgency here, I think we'll give you a pass. You can send one note that covers both events and both gifts that were given to you for both of these. You must grovel. You must apologize. The letter should specifically state with the phrase, so sorry for the inexcusable lateness of this note because it is inexcusable. And then I think that it should be stock full of compliments. Well, it should be a good thank you note. Yeah, don't yes. just like have a thing that says thank you and sign it. No, no, no. It needs to be specific. I want to hear about the gift, how much it pleased you, how you've been using it in the months and months that you've owned it. Uh, yeah, I, I want details. Uh, I want both parties who got married to sign this card. Yeah, no, I expect uh, groveling and sincerity. Yeah, I love it. For sure. And I also agree that just get one out now. Just get it out. Just get it yeah. out. Because it doesn't get better the longer you wait. But I was thinking about this because this issue is very common about thank you notes not going up promptly. And I was thinking about sort of why does this happen? Why is this so common? Why is it so hard for people to do this thing that we all know is a thing that must be done? 
And the idea of the cliche married couple that sends the notes late or not at all. Like, we all know that trope. Like, that's not new. That's not some secret. So why does this happen? And so I think one issue that comes up is that there is the sense that our thank you notes have to be as thoughtful and as perfect as our wedding itself. Like, I want to wait until I have all the addresses available to me and then print it on labels. Or I want to wait until the wedding photos come back so I can make a wedding card as my thank you card. Or whatever it is. So I think we're allowing perfect to be the enemy of good. And I think for thank you notes, good is good. Just your handwritten thoughts of appreciation on a card, in the mail, that's all we need. You know, if you don't have great handwriting, no problem. If it's just a generic uh, card, that's great. So I feel like we kind of get hung up on making them perfect and then we don't do anything because we're paralyzed. I mean, that's so, so much bigger, you know, right? so many. Well, yeah, that's true. That's a bigger issue. That but covers I think it, so many topics. But it manifests in this thank you card issue. Also what happens, I think people wait until the end to do it all at once. And now we have a hundred cards to write. And that's a big pile of mail. Right. Like that's a lot. And Miss Manners would tell you that you should send them immediately. So you get the gift, send the card. You know, you might only get one gift a day, one card a day. That's manageable. If you have to do 300, yeah, that's a lot. Now, Emily Post does say you have three months to write thank you notes. I don't know. I think that seems fair to me. I don't know. I mean... I do see why some people want to have the nice matching envelope to go with their wedding. Okay. All right. But I like what you're saying to take the pressure off. Yes. I mean, it is just a lot easier and a lot more efficient if you just do it on a rolling basis. Because here's the thing. I am not alone in thinking that as soon as I send that gift to you, the timer starts. I am waiting for that thank you note. I am noticing how long it takes you to get that card in the mail. I'm waiting. (laughs) I don't even notice. It's noted. Yeah. So a lot of people do note this. So if you wait 90 days, okay. But uh, it's just uh, every day you wait, it's just another day that I'm noting this. I don't think everybody notes how long it takes. Not everybody, but I think in our audience. I would like to hear from people in our audience who note how long it takes for thank you notes to be sent to them. I believe we will be getting some email from people who agree with me. Oh, I'm sure there are. I'm just saying I don't think everybody does. (laughs) Not everybody. No, no. But I feel like uh, I'm not alone. I feel like I have a tribe that agrees with me. But I think point being, you have to send them at some point. So let's just not wait and let's not get overwhelmed with the volume and let's just not be monsters and let's send them. Let's not be monsters. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, these people have done something nice for you. And if you don't acknowledge that, then the idea is that you didn't care. And if that's the signal you want to send, then okay, but know that that's the signal you're sending. And if that's not the signal you want to send, then get that note mailed, please. I feel very strongly about this. I know. I I feel it. I just, this is how I see it. I see what you're saying and I agree with what you're saying. Why I don't feel like it needs to be immediate is because I feel like I gave them the gift out of celebrating them Uh and not because I needed a response right away and because I know they have a lot going on in their life. Sure. Yes. No, I'm happy to cut slack. Uh, We had a wedding. It was very busy. We went on our honeymoon. We came back. Okay, fine. But at some point... Life resumes and we do need to fulfill the societal obligations that we all have. And writing thank you notes for wedding gifts is part of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, my opinions on this are very well formed. 
I cannot be moved. I just believe that it needs to be done. Now, I will say, I do no, not I send gifts. No, I believe it needs gifts. to be done, but I'll give somebody a while. Yes. And I, I will say, I do not give gifts for the express purpose of <laughs> judging their response time. No, but like, you're I counting. Am, <laughs> I mean, it's not not noted, but I am giving the gift out of uh, pure altruistic pleasure for their union. I am doing that. But me being me, I also expect a thank you note. And I'm not going to apologize for it. I think you're perfect. Yeah. Great. Thank you. So thanks you out there for uh, being on this journey with us. Uh, do you have questions uh, for us about anything? Uh, weddings? Not weddings? Vowel renewals that you want to write a poem <laughs> Vowel. for? Vowel renewals? Vowel yeah. renewals. The A-E-I-O-U? Sometimes why? Sometimes why? So send this to us through our website, whereyourbraisedbywolves.com, or leave us a voicemail, 267-CALL-RBW, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye! This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month. So it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Acorn TV offers world-class mysteries, dramas, comedies, and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So I'm just starting this week a show with Jane Seymour called Harry Wild. Yeah, it's so fun because it falls under the uh, person who is not an official police person or, right. or like in, in the judicial department or anything like that is like, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to help you solve this crime, which is one of my favorite types of ladies. And yeah, so Jane Seymour, I guess, is a retired English professor and her son is a police detective and she just can't help but get involved in the cases he's working on. Yes, and they have a new season coming out this month, so it's the perfect time for you to jump in, Nick. And Jane Seymour is wonderful. Wonderful. So you out there, check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn TV has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.